What's up, Pixels? Thank you so much for joining us on this very ambiguous day. This is John. And I'm Aubrey. And we love video games and movies so much more than Marth likes to wear his tiaras. And we are on episode nine of the Faded Pixels podcast. How's your week been, John? It's been all right. It's been good. Um, been kind of thrown back into the real world after taking a little mini trip to Toronto. Yeah, how was the trip? It was good. It was really rainy. <laughs> yeah, it's rainy here too. Oh my gosh! It uh, it wasn't bad though. Okay, I was good. able to still. It was dreary. I was still able to walk around and go to places and not feel like I, you know, regretted not bringing an umbrella with me, which I didn't bring one. <laughs> but um, I mean, who needs it wasn't those? bad, though. I know, right? <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, it wasn't bad, though. Yeah. And I got to go to two record shops that are there. One was decent, but there was one that was like absolute vinyl heaven they actually not even vinyl but they had like everything they had blu-rays dvds cds cassettes vinyl that's awesome yeah and it was right next door to a really sweet coffee shop well of course those two kind of you know feed into one another (laughs) right and i actually walked away with an angels and airwaves vinyl nice the i empire album and the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack on vinyl with oh, I a, saw your... yeah, I saw your Instagram so, post. Yeah, it's as beautiful as it looks, <laughs> both That's sonically awesome. and and uh, physically. But of course, yeah. How was your week? Uh, it's been it's been pretty chill. My aside from the fact that my roommate is getting married in two days, so. Personally, I feel like I haven't been doing that much outside of just going to work and wrapping things up there because I actually sent in my two weeks notice almost two weeks ago. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're going to be done with your work at like in how many days? Like four days? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, two more work days. Two more work days. Yeah. Four more actual days. Real life days, which is it's an end of an era, that's for sure. So I think it's going to be interesting working for myself, but I think oh, I yeah. can do it. So I'm yeah. I'm excited for this new chapter, but it's also I didn't expect how like one of my coworkers was talking to me and she started to tear up a little bit and I was like, Don't do this oh. to me, man. I'm gonna tear up. And so I didn't I didn't <laughs> expect to feel as emotional about it. But you know, I'm yeah. gonna if you guys are listening, I'm gonna miss you guys. So if I seem a bit quiet it's because uh try not to deal with my emotions so yeah in the most healthy way possible of course of course of course of course so moving on oh, cool. yeah let's um go into some releases that are coming out this week um pick a pick a subject any subject we got movies music or games i was gonna say uh let's start with movies 
movies. Good choice, because we only have three, and they're going to fly by really quick. We have coming out on May 19th, three movies. One's called Everything, Everything. Oh, I'm actually really interested in that one. Good. I'm glad you know it, because I don't. We have Die of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. Right, and that has the actress from Clueless in it. Which is weird for me to see. Yeah. Well, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I watch so much Cartoon Network when I catch up on Steven Universe, but I see that trailer all the time. (laughs) And she has the exact same smile. I don't I mean, I guess she does, of course, because she's the same actress, but there's like something about it where it's just so specific to that character. I'm just like, it's clueless. Oh my god. They also play it makes me feel old because in the trailer they play a song from like it's either the late 90s or the early 2000s, but the children in the car get so upset at hearing the old people music, and mm. it just makes my heart hurt. It makes my heart hurt so much. <laughs> like, that's that's not even that old. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then lastly, we have Alien Covenant. Is that the new Alien movie? Yes. Without Sigourney. Yes, the one without Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and you're excited about that, of course. I uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to stir up too much controversy, but yes, she is John not in there, and I'm happy. <laughs> what? I said John just like Sigourney. I I don't get it. Everyone react it. in the comments. <laughs> I don't get it. I I made one simple post about it on Facebook, and I got. Two hey comments. One I actually have to delete. <laughs> oh, and no. um, I reacted to one of them just saying like, oh, I mean, I'm glad you like her. I just, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I just, I am not a fan. Still it's got okay to have other opinions. Oh, I know. But <laughs> yeah, it. I could take it or leave it. Yeah. Or her. I mean, I mean, I could take her or leave her, you know, whatever. Yeah. Let's do music. We have four notable releases and a ton of other ones, but I'm only going to cover four. We have, yeah, we have Dragon Force coming out with the album Reaching into Infinity, which is as as epic as it sounds. Yeah, Uh, it kind of sounds like that could be an anime. Yeah, it's the same people (laughs) who uh, brought you through the Fire and the Flames on Guitar Hero and destroyed your destroy oh, your fingers right. and give you um what do they call that blisters Gamer yes, stuff? and yeah oh well, yeah anyways yeah that that brings back the memes man oh yeah then we have coming out next after that on the same day these are all coming out on the same day we have lincoln park coming out with the album one more light mm-hmm. then we have rascal flats coming out with back to us which cool and then we have, lastly, Snoop Dogg coming out with Never Left. Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does it show that we both don't know his music? <laughs> 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 He's like, yeah, we're cool with the kids. Killer. Uh, <laughs> great. Don't hate us. Two thumbs up. Four. Yeah. My two thumbs are up too. Okay. It's a lot. Four <laughs> thumbs up. We're covering our ground. Yeah. Four thumbs. We got it. 
All right, let's go into games. This one's going to be a little bit longer of a list, but it's going to be a little bit more fun. We have coming out for the PS4, Akiba's Beat, The Surge, Farpoint, Injustice 2. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Portal Knights. <laughs> <laughs> Portal Knights make me a little sad because it sounds like it's another... I got excited. I was like, is that a Portal game I've never heard about? Nope. No. It's just a different no. IP entirely. Oh, yeah. Xbox One, we have Injustice 2. Of course. The Surge. Black and White Bushido. Tango Fiesta. Watch Dogs 2 No Compromise, which it doesn't say. I think that's a I mean, DLC. Yeah. 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 Because. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then we have Mind Death Robots Arena. Sounds legit. Oh, yeah. We have for the Switch Thumper. Like Gambi, which I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't think so, but I wish I would buy that. Yeah, <laughs> we we have pinball, just pinball, <laughs> or pinball parentheses Wii U parentheses. Again, do they know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna write a very aggressive letter to someone. No, to I won't. Devs of pinball, dear devs, why are you doing do this you even to yourself? <laughs> Do you live under a rock for multiple reasons? They're all just Patrick Star. <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> for the 3DS, we have Cooking Mama, Sweet Shop, and Fire Emblem Echoes. Yes. Yes. Which is part of the main topic for this episode. What? No, that was coincidence. Whoa. In case you didn't uh, read the title. <laughs> This week in video game history, Fire Emblem Genealogy of the Holy War came out for SNES on May 14th, 1994. So this game is interesting because it's actually the first Fire Emblem series to assign special skills to individual characters. It's the fourth release overall in Fire Emblem. And it's also, I believe, the first one on the SNES. Wow. So there's there's a couple of... Uh, interesting things that were kind of new for the series. It's also the first one to take place in a different setting than the other ones where it's a different continent, fictional continent. So mm-hmm. You see new artwork, you see new setting, new mechanics, and it ties greatly with the overall current theme. But I mean, the fact that it came out 21 years ago now oh. is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. oh, that hurts. My heart. Don't. Don't say that again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we we are not much older than this game. It also nope. shows how, you know, even though we don't personally have ties to this game, because it is a Japan-only released game, in the West still has... But the franchise... Yes. The franchise has definitely taken Western hearts, including mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> by oh, yeah. storm. But, yeah, it's interesting, though, because it's been... Releasing on the eShop for Wii and also, I think, for the 3DS in Japan. Yeah. And there is a fan release version that's translated into English. But we're like, hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll remake it like they remade um, 
this other game that we're talking about today. What's your earliest memory of the game? My first introduction to it, which I think is the same for a lot of people in America, was the Super Smash Melee. Being able to play as Roy and Marth. Yeah, because I... I mean, I do believe that was the first time Westerners saw those characters. But because it, the interesting thing is that it, they were almost left out of the Western releases yeah. for that reason. But yeah. then a lot of people loved playing those characters. And then new Fire Emblem games came out in the West or were translated and localized for the West Western market. Yeah. But the first Fire Emblem game that I played myself, because I've seen other people play Radiant Dawn, and mm-hmm. then I think Radiant Dawn is the... I can't remember if that's the Wii one or the GameCube one. But those two pairs that um, are super rare now and are like 60 bucks if you try to find them. I've seen a lot of people... I watch people play that, like my friends and things like that. But my first Fire Emblem game was actually Awakening on the 3DS. Oh my gosh, it was so good. <laughs> I loved That's it. awesome. What about you? So Fire Emblem for the GBA, the very first one, was my earliest memory of it. And I mean, I do remember playing, or I do remember Roy and Marth being on Super Smash Brothers Melee. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the GameCube. I, at the time, all I had was a Game Boy Advance, the clear one. Of course. Of course, slash Game Boy SP when that came out Mm because I had to get the backlit screen. Oh, so good. So nice. But I had the Game Boy. I had a PS2 to my name, and that was it at the time. Mm -hmm. So and I can actually tell you (laughs) really specifically what games I strictly had. And I had like. I shuffled through a lot of games, but at the time, I remember when all I had was. Pokemon Ruby. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Advance Wars. I had which surprisingly that was uh, Intelligent Systems' other tactical RPG. Yes, and that because it succeeded in the West, that's why they did, they decided to release Fire Emblem to the world. So I was going through Blockbuster, which if anyone mm-hmm. remembers what that is, good good on you. <laughs> I was going through Blockbuster and I was looking for a game to rent and I saw that they had a on the shelf, a discounted rack or something like that. And for some reason, Fire Emblem was on there and I don't I don't remember why. I think it was like it had like a chip on it or something like that. And a kid was trying to get rid of the thing, but they were only selling it for like really cheap enough for me to actually get it from my allowance. Nice. And I asked the guy about what it was. I'm like, hey, the cover looks really cool. What is it like? And he's like, well, if you have Advance Wars or some other game, then this is going to be right up your alley. And I was like, sold. I bought it. Nice. <laughs> and I was so hooked. It is so good. I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to Final Fantasy Tactics. Have you ever played that? That was my... GBA tactical RPG. I played that game and I actually did not like it. Wow. <laughs> that was one of my blockbuster rents and I hated it. I was so confused. Really? 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's the it. systems are a little bit different, but they're, they're similar though. But do yeah, you think Fire Emblem principle. has like, well, Fire Emblem, I think focuses a lot more on like the relationships of the different characters. And there are certain ones where there's multiple generations based on if the characters marry, which is kind of weird. Like it's kind of like a romance sim plus fighting in wars, which is just weird. You normally well, don't see those things together. Actually, the very first Fire Emblem game for the Game Boy Advance, and actually the Sacred Stones too. The Sacred Stones, what makes that different from the very first one for the North American release, was that um, Sacred Stones had two different stories. You could either play as the boy or the girl, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of like the storyline is where they split off, and you start as the girl. You get the guy eventually in your team, and then they have a like you know. During this time, while the guy was away, then you played his storyline for a little bit, and then they merge, and then you hit to the... And then after a certain point, they're both in your parties, and you have two lords in your roster. That's sick. So that's so that's what made that game progressive. But the very first one, there wasn't actually a marriage system or a relationship system. What made that so unique, and actually what makes Fire Emblem so unique in its own right, is that you have very varying different degrees of interaction. Like you have to have said character interact with said character that's on the map. That is a quote unquote green character. I think it was because there's blue being the good guys, red being the bad guys and green being the neutral. Right. Depending on how you interact with that neutral character, they can be a part of your class. And I remember it was such a huge deal um, to, for me at least when moving on to the next interesting piece about this game is that when you lose a character in the game it's permadeath it is so dead yeah (laughs) there's no way to get that character back and i remember so well how mad i was that i lost one of my favorite mages that i upgraded to a sage and i was like oh man this guy's gonna be so good and then he got cornered and then he died and i was like well i'm gonna start the whole game over again yeah exactly because i didn't have the yeah, it was. Oh my gosh! I hate. Okay, I love hate permadeath because I do. It's great because it means, first of all, it really drives home to the player that this is a game about war and that there's loss. So yeah. I think when there's a way for a game to deliver that emotional message in a interesting way, uh, I definitely appreciate that. But at the same time, you yeah. that's when you kind of break out a little bit and you're like, no, this is a video game. I can just reset. And for me, uh, I mean, since I played the newer versions, it was nice because there were there was classic mode, so you could still play with permadeath. And then there was also casual. Um, yeah. So you can, you know, basically turn permadeath off. Mm-hmm. And at the same so you have those modes, but then you also have the level of difficulty of the actual fights, which is interesting. Yeah. So I was playing for the first time I was playing basically all on easy. And then I was planning on going to the harder modes, but then I sold my 3DS. We're not going to talk about that right now. Cause I'm, I still haven't finished fates. I finished the first route and I wish that I went the dark route first and then the light route. I'm still kind of kicking myself because I feel like, first of all, the box art is more interesting but second of all, there's just like certain things that are slightly awkward. I don't know yeah. how to put it. I just think it would have been more fun to stay with your adoptive family first and then to the other family. 
Hmm. And then, of course, there's the Revelations path where it's kind of like you're choosing both. But then you have so many characters that you can't keep up with them. I think it's like 40 some or something. It's just crazy with the new ones. I remember back in my day when we only had like 10 or 12 people that we took care of. Yeah. And two at the very beginning of the game, you just had a fighter, a lord and a cavalier. And boom, that was it. And I mean, but you also, <laughs> but you can't, I mean, there's also like the Pegasus Knight, right? Wasn't oh, oh yeah. I didn't know. I was just joking there. You were oh, just joking around. Like, there was, well, I mean, you did start out with a little bit, but I mean, to get like the good characters, you had to do some pretty weird maneuvering to get like certain characters interacting with those neutral ones. Right. Like I remember to get the, I forgot what the specific name of the class is, but the dragon like the yeah. girl turning into the, the dragon. people who shift into the dragons. Yeah. Uh, like to get her was so hard, but other than her and like, I mean, there, then there was Pegasus Knights and, and of course like mages evolved into sages and then you had, yeah, it, I mean, it, there was some convoluted like characters in there, but I remember like the game to its core until about like two thirds of the way through, it was pretty like, you had a guy with an axe, you had a guy on a horse, you had a guy with a lance, you had a guy with a rapier slash sword, and then you had the assassin slash rogue right. slash whatever thief. But and I mean, was it. I, it was nice though, because each of them, you have so many different classes that you choose from, and it's turn based, but it's also, I mean, it, since it's a tactical RPG, it's turn-based, but then you also see the map, and you kind of you just feel like a like a warlord like moving your pieces around the map, like you know what you're doing, like an ancient war general. Yeah. You know when they have the sticks that move the knights across the map, and they're like, we're going to invade from here. It's seriously like. a huge glorified game of chess. Yes. It's a good game because I think it's something that it can be difficult if you allow it to be especially the old games are more difficult than the newer ones i think the Mm. newer ones are easier for newcomers to come on to it or to for newcomers to join the series which is good Mm -hmm. um but at the same time if you're a hardcore person you can easily make it hardcore and even then at the easiest settings i would still have some difficulty and have to restart or grind of course get Mm -hmm. to the level i needed to get to yeah but it is there's something about it that is just so addicting and the stories are always so interesting and compelling yeah. and there's usually characters that you learn to grow in love which makes yeah. it harder if they perma die <laughs> moving on yeah let's uh let's talk about the new game that's coming out yes so the original game was called fire emblem gaiden which literally means side story but the new game that's coming out on May 19th for the 3DS is called Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia. So, again, this is a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden, which is the mm-hmm. second installment of the series. But what's interesting is that because it's a side story, it allowed for the team to kind of experiment a little bit as to what the formula could look like and also improve some other mechanics. So you have an introduction to dungeons as well as towns that you can kind of explore in and mm-hmm. talk to people which i mean as somebody who loves traditional rpgs yeah. i'm super stoked to explore those areas it's, you know if i were to get a 3ds again and somehow able to play it <laughs> i'm talking like i'm able to play it 
And the general story is that Valentia is governed by these sibling gods, one who wants humanity to seek power and the other who thinks that humanity should seek leisure and comfort, essentially. And they war. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the lore of the story. And then you flash forward and have our main characters, Alm and Celica. And they're kind of, you know, childhood best friends. And they make, I'm pretty sure they make some sort of promise. Because you just see them pinky swear. So they probably make <laughs> some sort of important promise that they forget about 15 years later. So you have your main characters. And Alm is a peasant boy. So his grandfather taught him everything he knows about sword fighting. Mm-hmm. And then Celica has a mysterious past. And she's a priestess and a swordswoman. And you don't really know her story. You kind of... You know she's hiding something, but you don't exactly know what. Mm-hmm. And years later, their paths cross again as they lead their armies on very different missions. So I don't necessarily know if you what type of storyline it is, if you switch off between the two, or if you choose to play one or the other. Yeah. I didn't see anything recently that was explicit on that. Um, but it's interesting because as we were talking about the game... Uh, genealogy of the holy war that was a japan only this game fire emblem gaiden was also a japan exclusive so it's good because a we might see or not even it it's it's good that we're seeing this because we might see serious remakes of japan exclusive games yeah yeah we would get a chance to play what we were missing out on yeah and i mean this game looks beautiful it looks Perfect in the engine, the 3DS engine. You see completely new cutscenes. Um, the the style of cutscenes look a bit interesting compared to the other ones. Like they look, they've always looked kind of like they were supposed to be 2D turning 3D, but this looks a lot flatter than the other ones. Like there's mm-hmm. times where if they're absolutely still, you can tell, or it looks like it's a 2D animation. I'm not sure how I personally feel about that, but that's. But what's weird to me is that it, see, it looks like they're using a different. Uh, studio to do their animations, at least to me, compared to the other 3D titles. Yeah, but you do have the the dungeons. The overworld dungeons are now rendered in 3D, though the towns are 2D. That decision seems a little weird to me. Like, why don't you just do both? But yeah, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's some differences between the new version and the NES version. You do have a casual mode just like the other 3DS releases. So that means no permadeath if you don't want to deal with that stress on your life. I get it. You may be a filthy casual, but I'm right with you. <laughs> and then another thing is that if you do choose to do classic, or even not, there's a rewind feature so that allows players to rewind to an earlier turn in battle. Oh, I would like that. Yes, it's nice because... If you lose an important character, you already know you're going to restart and do the whole thing over. But there's times so where if your you're time? playing it for the first time, yeah, why waste your time? And maybe there's some sort of thing that you just screwed up and you just got completely blindsided. And there could be, it, it could go either way. It could be that you rewind and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it and you'd have to restart anyway and maybe gain a few levels. But maybe you rewind. And you're able to avoid the pitfall that you fell into before. Yeah. So it's nice because I think it's a good but fair way to deal with permadeath. Mm -hmm. But overall, people who've played this game say that the character growth feels slower than what we're used to with the newer games. Hmm. Uh, Which 
some people some people like that because I think a lot of people now that they've uh, been playing the newer games want more of a challenge. Yeah. The, a lot of people are loving the dungeons and also the writing and voice acting, which you didn't see in the first in the original release. But the amiibo to come with it, you get an um there's a dual pack, um and Celica amiibo. And they say that if you use it, it makes the battles a little bit too easy. <laughs> really? Hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, they're paying a lot of money for not well helping you out. Yeah. But they do also unlock special dungeons. Which is very much, very much so worth the payment. The amiibo. The yeah, I think it's it's an interesting thing because a lot of people complain about DLC, but with the amiibo there's DLC embedded in them, but you also have a physical representation of your purchase. Which so, I'm always a fan of with anything. Yeah. And the build quality on these are getting much, much better. Like some of them are a little were a little weird in the first release of Amiibo, but they just look so good. I don't yeah. know. I think they look really good. Yeah. I kind of want them even though I won't have this game. <laughs> At least for a little while. Yeah. But a lot of people are saying that the game's difficulty kind of harkens back to its NES roots. So, I mean, if I still had a 3DS, I definitely would buy this. This is making me kind of want to get the new 3D or the new 2DS that's coming out just so I could play it again. But it's mm. also making me wonder, like, what if this was on the Switch, though? Why would I know that Fire Emblem? I know. Fire Emblem Warriors is coming out, but. Yeah. That won't be until who knows when. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get that, though. <laughs> I'm going to play the heck out of that game. Yeah. So you said you were going to present us with a treat of some kind. Yes. Let's let's uh, before we tie the bow on this nice little box. um. I will talk briefly about a little short-lived uh, television show called Fire Emblem. Yes. So it was only two episodes long. It was a Japanese an anime. Uh, two episodes long. There's both a sub and a dub version. If you received the VHS version of it in North America, the box art will say Fire Emblem The Forces of Evil are in serious trouble. Like we're giving them the serious trouble. Oh yes. Man, they are in so much trouble. Dang. Arth and his man, Tiara. (laughs) Uh, Gonna strike you down. Seriously. (laughs) So, long story short, the anime is called Fire Emblem. The OVA is based on the game Mystery of the Emblem, mm. the which is the third game in the Fire Emblem series, period. So this was Famicom-based. Mm-hmm. The OVA is only two episodes long, as I said, and covers a very, very, very small portion of the game's overall plot, which, by the way, this is the plot that Martha's involved in. Nice. So Martha's in the series. 
the episodes were released in a dubbed in a subtitle format in uh, North America. It was released uh, in North America on VHS by the group called ADV Films in 1997. And this is actually the very first licensed Fire Emblem form of media to ever see land outside of Japan. I need to find this now. You can find it on YouTube. Don't worry, I already looked. (laughs) Yes. So the series of two episodes. So much disappointment. Um, (laughs) The series was produced long before any of the Fire Emblem games were ever released in North America. And several character names were translated. Because of this, the character names were translated by ADV personally, ADV Films. Oh, no. Some of them just (laughs) do not match the spelling or the names entirely to their officially localized counterparts. So My heart. (laughs) So Marth has been described on the back of the box on the VHS, not saying Marth, but Mars. I knew it. It's just like Eris and Aerith all over again. Yeah. And Kane was misspelled instead of C-A-I-N to be K-A-I-N. Bored had a B-O-R-E-D spelling instead of B-O-R-D. <laughs> now that was just dumb. I kind of get the Kane one because maybe they were purposely trying to avoid the biblical version, but... <laughs> nope. So... <laughs> The series, again, is based off of the third game and has very notable characters such as Marth, who was a Lord class, Abel, who's a Cavalier class, um, Kane, who's Cavalier, Godin, who's an Archer, and then Bord, who's a fire, uh, Fighter. And some of these may be recognizable, some of them may not be. Um, I actually recognize Kane because I believe he's in another game. I just recognized it when I read the list. But yeah, it's literally just they took the plot of the game and they slapped it on a television set and they're like, hey, we got an anime. Don't worry. Here we it's, go. Two, it's two episodes long. I, is anybody else imagining Marth in Sailor Mars's outfit from Sailor Moon? Right. <laughs> because I am. Yeah. Hiding <laughs> evil by moonlight. Do, 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 do. It's the one named Sailor Marth. <laughs> Please tell me. you. I mean, he would be perfect in a magical girl anime. I mean, he basically he already has the tiara. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! If somebody hasn't made a parody of of that, please do right now. Somebody who's more talented than us. Yes. Almost fell off my seat. Um, Please don't. (laughs) There were some benefits to this series, though, because they did find. Here's a little trivia for you. They did find the voice actor who from that series is now the voice actor of who we know to be Marth as. So the voice that you hear in Super Smash Brothers Melee, the Japanese voice, is actually the same voice actor from the television series. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they kept the guy. And I think, I didn't write this down, but I think there was another voice actor who actually stuck onto the series from the English version. Uh... Another quick trivia tidbit, though. On the box cover, you see Marth kind of standing in like a pose with a sword. That particular sword is actually called the, I think, forgive me for mispronouncing this, uh, the the Falchion, F-A-L-C-H-I-O-N. 
And this is kind of like his Falcon in my head, but I have no idea. Oh yeah. Uh, This is kind of like his quote unquote, the ultimate weapon in the series. He actually never touched that sword. Oh, so this, so the series is like that early on in the plot where he He doesn't have the final, like the master sword or the ultimate weapon or yeah. 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 That's kind of weird. So just another little fun fact. Well, thanks everyone for listening to our Fire Emblem filled episode. You can like our Facebook at facebook.com slash faded pixels team and join the community. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash faded underscore pixels for updates and general good fun. If you have comments or suggestions, you can also email us at faded pixels team at gmail.com. And if you like the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash faded pixels and get exclusive content. You can also show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.